The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king God made me punch in accurate numbers My castle won't crumble What I tackle will fumble I've been a leader when they ain't see it But now my feet is up According to me royalty didn't end with King Tut Crown on my head, clouds is at my legs Big says sky is the limit I look down on the ledge I push the bar like I'm opening the cell Hands in my cookie jar You won't come out with a single nail I need all of mine The weight of my shoulders won't fit on a scale What's a king to a giant? Well, Goliath fell even if we playing chess, dog, this king can't be checked. I make all my moves on the board. I invented my steps. Uh-huh. I'm a king, the blood of a ruler. I feel like Mansa Musa. Make your squad disappear like landing by the Bermuda. Triangle, look at it from my angle. I'm a king, the closest things to being one of God's angels. Yeah. I'm a king. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king king. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king king. Hey y'all, good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night This is the Code of Conduct with the King Podcast I am your host Jay Spence the King And I'm a little amped right now I just got done listening to, uh, it was one of those spaces on Twitter that had Jay-Z and and, uh, Alicia Keys and Nori and just everybody Mike Will made it, so I kind of got this I got this energy right now that probably doesn't fit the Buffalo Bills. And that's okay. That's okay, because we're going to get a pop in here anyway. We're going to have some fun tonight. I got a really special show. I got some special guests. I got three people that I love a lot. I got my man Ryan joining me. I got Tia Stell. She usually, you know, the King's Tea with T. Got my sister joining me. Uh, I got my man Vince Taylor joining me. He's going to be retiring from the podcast game, so I'm going to try to talk him out of it tonight. But but listen, we uh we got a good we got a good show coming up. I just got off the show. Also, I just did a show with uh, the Pat's Pulpit crew. That's that's uh, SB Nation's Patriots version of the Buffalo Rumblings, for those who don't know. And uh, I'm going to tell you, it sounds like it sounds like the Patriots are a little scared of us. It sounds like it. I'm not I'm not going to say they are. They, they super scared, but it sounds like they're a little scared. My man said to me, he's like, I don't know. I think the Bills going to take it. I thought I was going to take it the first time. But the weather. So I think the Bills got it. Uh, we're going we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about it. But uh, before I do, before I get into any of that, I really want to shout out. I never seem to do it, and I always forget. So I want to shout out my guy, Hooli. 
Uh, Huli is the guy at the beginning of this uh, show. When you hear the song and you watch the intro for those of that's watching live, uh, he's the, he's the guy that did the song. And I'm gonna just tell you, this kid is is super talented. He's super impressive. Just shout out to Huli, man. If if when I get the chance, I promise y'all gonna hear him a little bit more. He gonna do some special things for us. Um, he's not a Bills fan, but that's okay. I forgive him for that because he's talented. So let's get into this. Let's get into this, man. Sunday, the Buffalo Bills beat down on my dude Cam Newton. And uh, yeah, everybody knows I love Cam. This is one of those times I'm okay with that. I'm okay with Cam getting beat down, and I'm gonna tell you why. The first reason I'm okay with Cam getting beat down is obviously because we were playing the Bills. But secondly, I'm I'm a, I'm a realist, and and everybody who listens to the Code of Conduct, everybody who watches, everybody who kind of um is involved with the Hump Day Hotline or the Chop Up or anything that you see me on, you all know uh, my love for Cam and my love for. But here's the thing: he's done. Okay, and I said this at the beginning of the year, which is why the Patriots let him go. It wasn't just the fact that they saw something in Mac Jones that was special. The thing is, the plan was for Mac Jones to sit. The the plan was to have Mac Jones kind of learn a little bit, study the playbook, know the system before they threw him out there. That was the plan. And what ended up happening was Cam just, you know, COVID complications, a couple other things, his his health, his shoulder. It, it's the reason why he wasn't in the league. So I was happy for him when Carolina brought him back, because in my opinion, he deserved um, he deserved some type of apology from the Carolina Panthers organization after how they did him. The contract they gave him, I don't know if that was. That was quite the apology that I would have expected, but it was a good apology. It was a very good contract for somebody who I would consider a starter, but I don't think Cam is that anymore. And and look, again, that's tough for me to say because y'all know I love Cam. Y'all know I love him, but he's done. So when we saw him in here and we, we saw him in Buffalo, what did we see? We saw Cam throwing it into the dirt like we saw last season. We saw Cam. He had some plays with his feet that he made, but that's Cam. That's Cam, and that's who Cam is going to be. But when it comes to throwing the ball down the field, when it comes to throwing the ball, he not even down the field. I saw a couple plays. Um, first of all, Jordan Poyer should have had at least two interceptions. He should have had at least two. But the thing is, Cam was so inaccurate that he couldn't even throw an interception, right? <laughs> so a big ups to Cam for that. Big ups to Cam for that. But but here here's the here's the reason why I was very happy with Sunday's game. Not just because we won. We always um, celebrate after a win. But the things that I saw in the game are the things that impressed me enough to have me believe that the Buffalo Bills understand what time it is. We know the playoffs are almost here. We know we can't lose another game. We know we got to figure this thing out before we get to the playoffs. Because if not, what's going to end up happening is the same thing that happened to us last year in the AFC Championship. Except we probably won't even get there. We'll get booted out quick. And, and we don't want to repeat from when we played the Texans down in Houston. We don't want to make the playoffs and then get beat that first weekend. That's not what we want. So the Buffalo Bills are figuring it out. And I think, I think the first thing that I want to say that I'm proud of, the coaching staff are figuring out, is that I know the league in, in recent years has come up with this uh, running back by committee. You know, we've come up with this thing where you got to have two, maybe three backs, depending on who's on your team. And we look at teams like Cleveland and we look at um, all these other teams that kind of have two backs and they can kind of plug and play. And then whoever is hot at the moment, you can ride the hot hand or depending on who you're playing against, whatever scheme that they run. You might want to run somebody who's a little bit quicker or somebody who's stronger. It depends. 
this week, they actually said, you know what? Let's give the ball to Devin. Let's give Devin the opportunity to run the ball and see what he can do. Now, it wasn't the best. It wasn't the greatest performance. But I tell you what, it was the best performance we've seen from a running back in a Buffalo Bills uniform all season. And that that is what you're going to need. Now, am I saying that we want to make Devin uh, the focal point of the offense? No, you make Josh Allen the focal point of your offense. That's what you do when you have a stud like Josh Allen. I just said on the Patriot show that I was on, when you have a Mustang like that, like a classic uh, old school diesel, just you, you ride the hell out that. You don't just leave it in the garage for nobody to see. You celebrate that vehicle. And not only do you celebrate it, you flex it. You drive that thing around you in every car show that you can be in. You know what I mean? If you're a young single man, you drive that thing around when you know the ladies is going to be out because you want them to turn heads. You got Josh Allen on this roster. You run that guy. You drive that guy. And I'm not saying drive him into the ground. He's still a, he's still a classic. You know what I mean? He's still, he's still a beautiful vehicle that you want to keep. You maintain those vehicles. You restore those vehicles. You give them time. You know what I mean? So, so you make sure you, you get the proper oil changes for Josh. You, you make sure when that guy needs some rest, you make sure he gets it. That's why you sign a guy like, I don't know. We, we signed the best backup quarterback in the league right now. That's why you signed a Mitch Trubisky. But right now we're at the point of the season where we can't give Josh the rest. Not that I don't think Mitch can beat the, the last couple teams on, on the schedule, but we need Josh at his highest point. We need Josh at his highest peak performance heading into the playoffs. So all that stuff that we weren't doing early in the year, now it's time to do it. Now it's time to figure it out. And the thing that impressed me was the first thing was that they used the running back the way they were supposed to. They gave Devin multiple touches and they didn't split it so he could get into a routine, get into a rhythm. That's one of the things that we need. That's one of the things that we need. Another thing that I was impressed with was Gabriel Davis. Shout out to my man, Brian Bowers. He's in the comments now. He's, he's been heavy on the Gabriel Davis for wide receiver number two. Wide receiver number two. I'm going to tell you what. I'm not there. <laughs> I don't think that he's number two. But what I do think is we have a guy on our roster now who's on his rookie contract, who's very talented, who's going to be here for some time. And not only is he going to be here for some time, he's making plays out there. Gabriel Davis is doing the damn thing. So when you have a game where you don't have Emmanuel Sanders, you got a young guy that Josh Allen has chemistry with, who he, who he trusts, that he can throw two touchdowns to. That's rare. That's rare to have a guy who really don't make a bunch of noise during the season because, you know, you got too many weapons, so he doesn't do it. And then you got somebody go down, and then he just steps in and steps up like nothing ever changed. Gabriel Davis is impressive. And next season, I would like to see him get that wide receiver two role. But right now, if Emmanuel Sanders is healthy, damn it, I want Emmanuel Sanders in that role. We signed him here for a reason. So I, I want him there. I want him there. But I'm very impressed with Gabriel Davis, big time. Big time. Another, no, another one. Boogie Basham, F.A. Obata on defense. Every single week, it seems like for the most part, all season, Boogie Basham has, has basically been inactive. He started a couple games, or not started, but he was active a couple games early on. Couple games. But why? F.A. Obata, why? I get it. It's Cam. He's not the, he's not the quickest to get the ball out. He's not the quickest, uh, you know, when the ball is snapped. So, yeah, we got some sacks that we probably normally don't get because Cam holds on to the ball. But still, F.A. Obata showed up. F.A. Obata showed up. 
Boogie Basham showed up. I'm very, very impressed with it. Very, very impressed with it. And I'm going to tell you what else I'm impressed with. And I've been impressed with this all season. That's the reason why I've been saying it. Poyer for all pro or we riot. Okay. I'm going to say that one more time. Poyer for all pro or we riot. The reason why? No, he didn't have an interception Sunday. I said it earlier. It was because Cam was so inaccurate that he couldn't even throw an interception. But Jordan Poyer absolutely deserves all pro. Deserves all pro. I know we had some some comments that was made on Twitter by people and some people don't like his political stance or they don't like his stance on COVID. Look, damn that. Damn that. Y'all could talk all y'all want to about COVID. Y'all could be mad at each other. Y'all could argue with each other within the fan base. Y'all could do all of that. I don't care about arguing about it no more. I don't care. The thing is, we lost Cole Beasley this week. We lost Mongo. We got players that, that we're going to miss because of COVID. Teams around the NFL all have players that they're missing because of COVID. So I, I, I'm not I'm not trying. I don't care about the arguing about COVID no more. I'm not talking about all of that stuff no more. I'm not getting to no political debates. I could care less if you're vaccinated or not. Just be honest about it. So that way I know if I should come around you. <laughs> if you're not vaccinated, I don't want no parts. Sorry. Love y'all. But this stuff is this stuff is crazy. So I'm not arguing about it no more. But what I will say Regardless of his point, his wife's stance, regardless of Mongo's stance, regardless of Beasley's stance, Jordan Poyer for all pro or we freaking right. And I'm going to tell you, if y'all don't riot with me, that's fine. I got a crew that's going to do it. I got boys out there in Buffalo that's ready to ride and we're going to do it because Jordan Poyer deserves it because he's the best damn safety in the league this year. And if he's not the best, he's the second best. And on top of it, give my man Micah Hyde the same type of love and energy that we're going to give Jordan. Because he deserves it, too. We got the best safety tandem in the league. Best safety tandem in the league, bar none. Like, and I don't care who you, I don't care in the chat. You know, if y'all got some comments from me, throw it in there. Tell me who's better. And I know this is, this is heavily um, Bill slanted because it's a Bill's podcast. So most of the people in the chat are probably going to be Bill's fans, but please, please tell me who's a better safety tandem in the league. Please. All right, I'm done with that rant. Last last thing I'm going to say, I love you, Josh Allen. And I'm not saying it like the, the Kobe, I love you, Josh. None of that. Just on real, real talk. I love Josh Allen. And I'm going to tell you why I love Josh Allen. So this past game, we know that Josh wasn't 100%. I know they took him off the injury report. They said he was a full participant and everything was good, right? But Josh was still not 100%. Josh was, Josh came out and showed me that, look, I'm such of a baller. I'm such a baller that I'm going to come out and I'm going to win however I got to win. So if I got to come out and throw three touchdowns and not run, okay. If I got to come out like he did against the Bucks and run for 100 yards to keep my team in this game and to take us to overtime and possibly win the game, I'm going to do that. If I got to if I gotta hand the ball off, if the run game is working, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to do that. I love the fact that Josh Allen is that dude that can come in here and say, look, yeah, I'm the star. I'm the leader of this team. I can do this. I could do that. But instead of me just trying to force all of that stuff, I'm going to do whatever it takes to win. And I'm going to do it proudly. And I'm going to rep my boys and I'm going to back my boys. I love Josh. I love Josh. I love how Josh comes out. And the first thing out of his mouth is that he praises his offensive line, even though they've been struggling. I love that. I love that. Amp your team up. Amp your team up, man. I love that. So I got my sister waiting to jump in. I told you I got some special guests this weekend. 
or this is weekend. Jesus, Tuesday. I'm sorry, man. I got some special guests joining me. So what I'm going to do is because I don't have the other guests right now, I'm going to do it like I used to do it. We're going to shout out to Kings T with T and we're going to bring her on there. Shout out to my sister. What is going on? My sister T Estelle, what is up? I can't hear. Oh, you muted yourself. Let me see. Unmute your mic. I can't. Damn, you don't want to talk to me? What's I'm up? sorry. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay. <laughs> My bad. My bad. Good. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am good. I am good. So before I bring Ryan and before I bring uh, Vince in, we're going to do the King's Tea with Tea like we've been supposed to do all season. That's on oh, me. I've been boy. slacking. It's okay. No, I know. It's I'm good. sorry. I've been slacking. Let me ask you about this, though, because um, so today and I know I just said I don't want to have a political discussion and all that, but, you know, let's do it. Uh, I mean, so Cole Beasley, we got to talk a little bit about it. Cole Beasley has been like the biggest, most outspoken person when it comes to saying like, yo, the vaccine this, I'm not getting it. This, that and the third. Finally, at the end of the season, probably the biggest game of the year, he comes down with COVID. Right. He contracts mm-hmm. COVID. Um, what are your just what are your thoughts? Where are you at with this? <sighs> I was on a pod earlier this season and I said, my fears for this team, what's up, would be injuries and COVID. And they mm-hmm. both have come true. Mm-hmm. Um, we know it's going to spread. You know, it's, spre- it's spreading so rapid right now. Um, and with Cole Beasley, <sighs> For him not to get vaccinated, and that's his, that's his, you know, it's his prerogative. He don't have to do it, but to be, and I'm not saying he was careless. I mean, we've seen the picture of his wife with um, Josh, Josh Allen's um, girlfriend, no mask, no nothing. I'm not here to condemn no one, but I'm saying if you know you're not vaccinated, where's your mask at? You know what I mean? I'm I'm not here to condemn. I'm just saying. It's it's this season is very important for the Bills and they're not coming across as a team that we knew last year. They're struggling. So we need everybody. We need everybody hands on deck. We need everybody. I mean, it's just so I mean, there's going to be some people out there. See, told you so. See what I mean? You know, it's going to be those people. I'm not here for that. But, you know, hopefully he has no side effects. He said he was he was all good. Everything is good. And he even said that he's healthy enough that he could, he thinks he would beat it. So, well, so, and this is, I guess this is kind of where I wanted to drive the conversation. So you did it for me. Thank you. So the, mm-hmm. the part that, that to me is the T like the Kings T with T he said that there are vaccinated players playing with COVID every week because they didn't get tested. He, he said, and, and basically this is what you've seen now. Now I know it's a new strain. It's a new variant or whatever. So I, I get it. But the thing is, it also kind of makes sense. Like now that they're doing these random testings and these players who feel perfectly fine, they're asymptomatic and whatever. Now they're looking like, Hey, everybody's coming down with COVID. And so, so how do you feel about that statement? Do you feel like um, he's just kind of saying that to kind of get the stuff off of him? Or is it really like, well, no, that's probably the case all year. We're probably seeing these guys go out there and perform with the, with the virus. I believe definitely there's, players out there that have COVID and that are not having any effects on it. I'm not saying COVID is like a flu or like a cold. You wouldn't know you had it until you get tested. And I totally get what he was saying. It's just so sticky. It's just like, um, I don't know the protocols because they changed them again, didn't they? 
could change the uh, protocols to yeah. And I haven't completely read up on them enough to 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 speak to it. Right. But um but yeah, no, no. It, the, the the rules are weird to me this year. Like now. Yes. I think they're you know, it's like I random just, testing as opposed to Right. And then I don't even get the whole if you're asymptomatic, symptomatic, you should. Yeah, yeah. you should. You should play. I don't know if that should be the case either, because you're going to spread it, even though you're vaccinated, you're going to spread it, too. So it's just like a double edged sword. I don't I don't know where to go with this. I really don't because it's just so weird and it's so late in the season and everybody's getting it. And it's just crazy. Like every team is being hit with COVID right now. Every team. And, and can yeah. I just say this publicly? I, I'm, I'm probably tweet this later because I feel like um, there's a whole lot of negativity surrounding, especially in the Bills fan base. Um, there's a whole lot of negativity. What I will say above all, yeah, we want to win. Yeah, the playoffs are coming. Yeah, fantasy football is important for a lot of people because you got money in it and whatever. F your fantasy team, okay? And real talk, yeah. if I'm, if I'm going to be real about it, F the season. The, the biggest concern for me is that Mongo's healthy. Dion is healthy. Cole is healthy. Uh, We got to stop. At at some point, we really have to uh, take a step back and stop um, like acting like these guys aren't guys like they're people Mm -hmm. just like us. And and one of the things that concerns me with this fan and not just our fan base, I notice it in every fan base, but I'm a part of Bill's Mafia. So I feel like I can speak to the team like family. You know, I can speak like family. And one of the things that bothers me is how we attack our guys. We come out and we publicly attack mm-hmm. our guys. I saw people arguing with Feliciano today on Twitter. I saw people. Oh, I had to get arguing. off of Twitter. I got yeah, off. Once, like, once I found out Cole was uh, he had tested positive, I was like, oh, I'm getting off. Already knew. I had to get I, off because I, I was I coming on here and I just wanted a fresh head. I didn't want no one, no one's opinions, you know, distracting my opinions of stuff because listen, every this is people's lives and that's how I see it. I don't see football when it comes to people's lives and when it comes to this, um, this virus, I don't see players. I see people. Players goes out the window for me when somebody tests positive for, for COVID because Dion had it really bad and he got it again. And I'm praying for him because you don't know where he's at. Right. So yeah, if they forfeit this guy, well, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, they don't have enough people on the list to say, let's, you know, move it, but you know, if p- more people pop up, and I hope they don't, we'll see. Right. Well, we'll see. So moving on from that. So I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited. I got my <laughs> built-in Buffalo family, my crew. Whoop, whoop. Uh, I'm going to bring in one of my guys real quick. I got my man, Brian. Uh, Brian, jeez. Ryan. <laughs> I'm reading. and No, I'm doing like five things. I'm sorry, right? You're you on, you on mute, too. Got to unmute yourself, man. Uh, but what's going on? I'm, dude, I'm just, uh, it's been a long day. Been a long day. A, I know it's only Tuesday, but it's been a long week. Um, I appreciate you having me on. Um, you know, anybody that's that's watched you or watched me knows that you're one of the guys that I always go to for advice. You know, just to kind of talk stuff like that. So I appreciate you having me on. And this is only the second time that I've done a show with both T and Vince. The first show I ever did at Built in Buffalo, I uh, was a live show uh, with T. Uh, yep. And I just, I just did a uh, a live show with Vince um, like a week ago. So oh, that's what's okay. up. It's gonna be awesome. So well, first, well, first, I want to say um, thank you for being a friend. I know you just thanked me and and all that stuff, but I want to thank you for being a friend. We do talk often off the timeline, and we talk often off of shows and stuff. And I want to say, you know, like, first of all, I'm proud of you, bro. Like, keep doing what you're doing, keep growing. You. Uh, I um I, I'm not up 
updates on everything that's happening with Built in Buffalo, but I really, really, really hope that you're the guy that's heading up to hockey. You know, like I, I'm just saying, like you, you are so talented when it comes to this hockey talk. And, and I don't know the hockey. I don't know the hockey, but I know enough about the hockey to know that you're good at it. So, Thank so you. hopefully, um, you know, hopefully that's your that's your role. And and then yep. secondly, we got to change this with, with my man uh, Vince. Now Vince He's is joining us now. Gonna change. <laughs> Vince is talking about retiring, and I don't yeah. I don't know. No, like I don't know what is up with that, Vince. Like you can't just be. First of all, ladies and gentlemen, welcome my man Vince Taylor to the show. What up, VT? Man, it is a pleasure, and uh, thank you, thank you for having me on, Jay Spence. You've uh, you've always been good to me. I, I remember, you know, when I was first trying to get started, you were one of the ones that uh, took me under your wing a little bit. You know, kind of behind the scenes, you were very kind to me, and I've always appreciated that. And I've always been a fan of yours. So, I'm here with you today, and I'm it's uh, it's very it's it's a pleasure. Well, you know what? I appreciate y'all, all of you saying that. Like, um, first Ryan, now you, and T always speaks to it. Yeah, I appreciate that for a couple of reasons. The first reason is I think a lot of times, um, and I feel like you all can relate to this. On a timeline, you only see what's on the timeline, and a lot of times people have these um, preconceived notions or these thoughts that like, oh, it's fake. It's for the timeline. I'm try. I try to be as real as they come. I love mm-hmm. hard, and w- and when I say you part of my team or you part of my family, I mean that. So I appreciate all Absolutely. three of you. Like this is why I was excited about tonight because this is a, a built-in Buffalo invasion of my family. I love y'all, and I will always support y'all. All three of you. All three. I of love you. it. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Thank you. So. Same, Let's same. get into this. Uh, I know, I know, and I believe. Well, no, I, you can no, Vance. Ain't no same, same. You quitting on me, dog? I don't like it. Hey, he's man, still gonna hey, be around. I, he's still gonna awesome. be around. I, you know, I am. I have some other pursuits in my life that's gonna take up a, a lot of time and a lot of money, and I need to take him seriously. So, uh, I gotta hang up the mic. <laughs> Yeah, no, I feel you. I'm just giving you some grief there. Um, so, but let's let's get let's get right into it. We had a couple topics that I sent you guys earlier, so we can kind of dig into this game. Um, the first thing I actually opened the show talking about how Devin Singletary impressed me. Um, now, it impressed me, but it wasn't. I, I have to be fair. Everybody knows I'm always like super honest about stuff. It impressed me because it was the best performance that the Bills have seen from a running back outside of Josh Allen being the running back. It still wasn't great. I think he averaged like 3.9 yards or 3.8 yards a carry. Um, he almost had 100 all-purpose yards, but it's still like the way we got it, it could have got it a little bit better. Uh, let's start Let's start with Vince here and and kind of tell me, like, how, how how do you feel right now when it comes to this running game? Are you confident now going forward? You think now it's a, a, a part of the offense that we can, like, really use heading into the playoffs? Or do you think it was just like, okay, we, we played, the, you know, we played the Panthers? Well, I I think part of it is we played the Panthers. I don't feel like we've suddenly learned how to run the ball. Uh, We were successful against Tampa Bay because basically we caught them sleeping because we we were running the ball and, and, you know, caught them napping to hand the ball off to Singletary. But I'm a big Singletary fan. I'm I'm happy for him. I think he's our best back. I don't think it's close. But I'm scared that we're believing that we suddenly figured it out and we're just going to start jamming it up the middle again and wasting downs. So – I don't know what's going to happen, but that's my fear. Uh, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. I feel like they're going to force it, and it's going to be good because you're going up against a team like the Patriots, and they got D. Like, they got pause. They got defense for real. Uh, T, where are you at with it? How do you feel about this running game and Devin's performance? Because I think this is the second week in a row, if I'm not mistaken, that that uh, Moss was inactive. So I feel yes. like that might be a trend. Um, how are you feeling with this running game? Well, I mean, for for um, – 
Moss to not be active. I mean, you can activate um, Moss, put three running backs back there, whatever. I mean, Devin Singletary is the the go to, not the number one, because no one wants to say that Devin is the running um, running back number one. So that's fine. But for me, I always wanted Devin to be that running back. I just thought he, I just thought he he ran better than than Moss did. Moss um, is that that banger, but Devin can get make a guy miss. And for um, although yes, the Panthers, we get it, but they also had defense. What? Number six, fifth defense in the NFL. Yeah, they got a great defense. So, I mean, for him to get those chunk runs, I mean, you have to say it was it was a good game for him. Ninety six yards, eighty six yards rushing, and then um, what ten yards um, catching? So receiving. So he had a great game, and you have to give it to him. Also, too, our offensive line has been shaky, and for them to give him that hole to allow him to run, you got it. Listen, anytime we have a running game, I'm down for it. So you got to give Kevin his 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 um his kudos for that. But don't overdo it because I think sometimes they overdo it. If it's not yeah. running, if it's not working, go away from it. I'm agree with you there. I think they overdo it. Ryan, are you are you kind of in the same but it sounds like we're all in agreement in a way. So I'm gonna, I'm going to see if that's where you at too before we move on to the next topic. Well, so so I I don't know about uh, T and Vince, but I got a chance to watch you on on Pat's pulpit right before this, um, and so I I have a question for you really quick. When you were talking about um, Singletary and his ability to run behind this O line in this offense, uh, and, and I think you had said, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, if I misheard it, but you said that he's not really like built to do that behind this in this offense behind this offensive line. Were you talking just this season or all together? I'm saying this offensive line. So this season's uh, okay. version of the offensive line that we have, because his rookie year, uh, we saw him be successful. Mm-hmm. That's why yes. Bills fans were excited. That's why the team was excited. And that's why, um, you know, that's why really, that, that's why you move on from, not that, I mean, you would have moved on from Frank Gore anyway, but that's why they felt comfortable no longer having that veteran presence in the locker right. room and then drafting another guy. So I hope that answered your question. Yeah, that absolutely answered my question. Cause that's, I was, I was kind of, I was going to go in that direction. Um, so kind of like what T was saying there at the end, go back to his rookie year. I mean, he's breaking off runs left and right. You're like, oh, my God, this dude has like – if this is where he is at at the foundation, where is the bar going to be when you go a few years down the line? And obviously we know that the offensive line has been up and down, a little bit shaky over the last, uh, from his rookie year, especially into this year. I think when you look at the running backs that are on the roster or really just on the team, look at all the ones that are under contract. There are guys that work really well in this offense and really well behind, not really well behind this offensive line, but better than others. Um, Mm -hmm. First and foremost, I'm upset of the prospect of Moss not working. I think he's gone after this season Um, because when you, when you draft a guy and everybody's like, this is Marshawn Lynch 2.0, he's punching through defenses you're like you're super excited as a bills fan you're like oh my god this is oh wow, we're, we're gonna destroy defenses left and right and then that ends up not being the case but like singletary brita they can they they are shiftier they can move out of the way faster they can trip guys up uh like t was saying so i was happy with his performance um i'd be happy with any run game at this point uh, but I'm, I was happy with his performance. Um, I'm, I'm totally willing to, I, you know, I don't put all of it on the fact that there's not that great of an offensive line. So, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm totally okay with keeping him and Matt Breida going into next season if that's the way that they want to go because I think those types of running backs work better behind not only this offensive line but in this offense. Yeah, um, so I'm not going to disagree with you um, about Moss, but at the same time, what? so I don't know if I feel like he's gone. I don't know if I feel like he's gone. I think when, when we're okay. looking at, at Moss, I th- first, not the Moss, like when, when we're looking at this, um, I guess the Bills brass or, or the front office, when you're looking at them, they're very loyal to their draft picks. They're very loyal. And we saw that this year with Cody Ford, obviously. Um, I don't think I'm the only one that, that, was like get this guy out to start a lineup like you know I, I wish him well and I want him to do well I'm not going to dog him but at the same time I don't want Josh getting injured because you can't block or because yeah. you're yeah. Um, just not reading the play right so the point that I'm making is I think this team is very very loyal to their running backs there's a two third round draft picks and I, another point that I try to make often is that a lot of times we're only really patient with quarterbacks so it's like when we had Josh the first year he was not good. And I know we love him. So we want to be like, man, forget that. Just because he wasn't accurate don't mean he wasn't good. No, Josh wasn't good. He made some run plays that was like, oh, you're going to be special. But he wasn't good. Second year, he got a little better, but he still wasn't great. He was like, mm. last year and this year is like, OK, Josh is here. We're patient with Josh because he's our franchise quarterback. The thing is, with running backs, with um, wide receivers, defensive ends, linebackers, let's not get on my guy Tremaine Edmonds. Um, it's like we don't have patience for any other any other position. So to me, it looks like Moss's rookie year, he was trying to figure things out. He had some moments. And he got hurt, right? Quite. He, he got hurt, and that's yeah. where I was going to go. So now, you know, after – I don't know exactly what the foot or ankle injury was. I don't know if it was a broken ankle or um, a tendon. I don't know exactly what it was. But he was injured. So now mm-hmm. you, you, you look at these injuries every year and you look at guys come back. And I don't feel like that next year they're the, the, the true representative of themselves. So I feel like they're going to give him one more year, at, at least the, the offseason to prove it. And I think he sticks on this roster. I think he's a good running back. You know, if if you watched him in college, I, I really think he's going to stick. What do you think about that, Vince? And, and then we can run that back to Ryan so he can kind of respond to it. But wh- where are you at when it comes to Moss and, and just – the kind, you know, the way this team is is made up with the run game. Well, I think running backs are the easiest and most replaceable parts on a football team, and they're the the plug and play. If there's such a thing in the NFL, it's a running back. That's the easiest position to find, at least in my opinion. So I think when we when you say that we're not as patient with running backs, I don't think you need to be. I think running backs are, are the ones that, that can you know come in and play at a high level on day one as opposed to a defensive tackle or a tight end or a quarterback. Um, I don't know. I I feel like I haven't seen, or I've seen it very sparingly, I think is the way I want to say it. The power runs, the things that he's wanting to be known for, you know, sometimes even pulls up a little bit with Moss. So I'm, I I just think, yes, you're right. I think he's probably going to be sticking around next year, at least through training camp. But I'm not surprised if they pull a trigger on a fifth round guy, you know, just to have somebody else on the roster. Uh-huh. I'm going to tell you, I wouldn't be opposed to uh, either drafting another guy higher, you know, or signing a good free agent if there's any available. So 
Tony Pollard. So first of all, Dallas has a weird situation where they paid this guy to be this franchise guy and he's not. And the guy that they're not paying as much is way better than the guy they paid a lot. So I would absolutely take, <laughs> I would absolutely take Tony off their hands. Um, yeah, but he's good. Which, too. He's super good. Like he's so fast. He's so quick. Yes. He, makes, he makes the right reads. And I think yes. that's the frustration that a lot of people has have with Moss. But for me, I don't think it's yep. that he makes the wrong read. I think the thing with Moss is he knows his ability at the moment. Like he knows his physical limitations. And he's not the guy that can bounce it outside and, and beat two guys with his speed. So he understands like, okay, I'm going to cut up this hole that I think is there. And then the hole closes quicker than he can actually move. And I just think I I really, I I know I simplified it a whole lot there, but I really think that that's, I think that's the issue when it comes to Moss. Yeah. His reaction time is just slow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, okay. But uh, so with this, with that, what we just said, how do you feel about it for, for Sunday? Do we feel like this run game with Devin um, and, Brita and it looks like they're uh, they're going with that combination. Even though Brita didn't get many snaps, how do we feel about that combination as a running attack going into to New England? I like it. I'm not gonna lie. I think it's the best combo that we have in the backfield. I think that will be the best uh, combo that we'll produce on Sunday. So I mean, stick to it. Um, first, have um, have Devin as your number one. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and then bring in Breida if need be, because Breida only had what three snaps last last week, right? Something like that. Something like that. So, yeah, something like yeah. that. I feel like it was three. So definitely bring in um um Devin Singletary as your main back. I'm not even chunkers. mad if if they split that up a little bit instead of giving you know Motor however many 18 carries or whatever he had 22. I'm not mad if they split that up and give 10 more to Breida. See, I, I mean, I, I can understand that, but I think so. At the top of this, um, I, at, when I did my monologue, I was basically saying like I feel like I was actually proud of the coaching staff for like recognizing that okay, sometimes these guys need to get into a rhythm. And I think yes. if you split that up and you only give Devin ten and you only give uh, Breida ten, I think what happens is you don't get that rhythm in there. So I. Like, I agree with you. I wouldn't be mad because I think we all love Brita and we, we love what he brings to this offense with his speed. But I think if you're going to use Brita, use Brita. If you're going to use right. Devin, use Devin. At least that's where I'm at. Um, I, I know, get but- it. That makes sense. But I think there are other teams that have had success splitting backfields like that, too. I mean, but I hear you. I, didn't, I, I think that makes sense. Well, yeah, they, they have. But I mean, at least to, to me and, and the first teams that come to mind like that are obviously obviously Cleveland, where you have two stud mm. running back. Like you have two guys that are RB ones on other teams. And then not only that, you have an offensive line that's built to beat people up like they're built right. to punch people in the mouth. I don't think our offensive line is built to punch people in the mouth. We're, we're built to stop people from getting to Josh, which we haven't been doing. The, they've been good statistically. But when you watch it, we all know the eye test. Like I, that's why I hate stats sometimes, because it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. statistically, it'll be like, oh, the Bills are top seven in their offensive line. But then you watch the game and it's like Josh is running for his damn life every single play. And that's why right. because he doesn't get sacked a lot because he actually gets rid of the ball. He's running. He's right. Game. Right. So, so it's like the eye test will tell you, like the offensive line just isn't good as a unit. There's pieces in there. I love Morse. I love Dawkins. I know a lot of people gave him some rough times, but I think we can all appreciate him a little bit more now after seeing Spencer take his place this past Sunday. Let's talk about the offensive line for a second, not just the running game, but just in general. Let's talk about the offensive line. <laughs> T, let's start with you. I just heard you say, "Oh my God." <laughs> so let's start there. What do you What do you think? Um, Going into this Patriots game, like what what are your what are your thoughts about the offensive line? 
I don't, I'm just so, f- and I know as fans, we're all frustrated with the rotation of the offensive line and injuries, of course. But it's like we haven't had, have we even had two games of the same guys up front? Two, three games with the same guys up front? I don't I don't think so. Maybe three guys. Like we've, had, we've had a couple, but I feel like this all season, I do feel like the combinations have been switched up a lot. Right. And then the rotation and all that, it's just like no one has a clear cut of where I'm at. You bring one guy in, Spencer Brown. I don't know. You bring one guy in, you have to switch three positions. The only positions not being switched is Mitch Morris. Like he's mm-hmm. the only person and he's been the solid guy. It's just, there's no rotation. There's no, it's no, you know, speaking to each other. I mean, I, I, I watch you, know, um, John Fina and Joe Miller's um, yeah. episode. The one time they were talking about the line and I was like, okay, that kind of makes sense. It made me feel a little better. But still, it's just it's they're struggling so bad, and and for Josh to be that guy who can get out of position or who can get out of um you know sacks or whatever, still he's running for his life. It's it's just it's Damn. just yeah yeah man. To Next year day. it has to yeah. <laughs> to this day he running. For they his have life. to yes they have to fix it. They have to. It's negligent not to after you pay him $350 million exactly, and run everybody exactly. back yeah. from last year who wasn't good well, last year. <laughs> yeah. Well, well Vince, I was going to ask you specifically on your, so, and, and Ryan, I know you had something to say there real quick. Just don't forget it real quick. Uh, Vince, right. what, what's your, what's your take on, um, on Dion though? Cause I kind of just try to show him some love there. And I know we're talking about the line in general, but where are you at with Dion? Cause I feel like the fan base has, has kind of been rough on Dion this year. Yeah, they're trying to they're kind of souring on him a little bit, aren't they? And I'm not there. Like give the guy a break. Like he's fighting covid for the second time and you know, he was in the hospital and lost a bunch of weight and no, he hasn't been normal Dion this year, but I'm not worried about it. He's going to bounce back and it probably be will be touch and go for a little while, but he's going to be fine eventually. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm with you there because I think I think he's there. You know, what I mean, like I, I don't think that we the left tackle is not a position that I feel like we need to replace this upcoming offseason. No. You know, like I, no. I think Dion is our guy. I'm happy yeah. with Dion. Um, could he be better? Yeah. I mean, of course, we all want an all pro guy like every year, but he's also not. Uh, I don't know, Bobby Hart. I don't know. You know, like I, 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 think, I appreciate yeah. Dion. Spencer Brown at left tackle. Yeah. And I think that Dion <laughs> right. is even acknowledging the fact that he's struggling. So I he knows, you know. So Ryan, you had something to say. Where, where, were we going? <laughs> where were we going? Yeah. So, so I'm not gonna lie. You all know. You're all on the timeline. You know. Obviously, the my two colleagues here from Built in Buffalo are in the group chats. I know Charlie's in the chat too. I was one of those guys beating up on Dion. I've never been a big Dion fan, admittedly. Um, for me, the the eye test for Dion never really passed what I wanted at Josh's left side or his blind side at left tackle. Um, it was never, never big for me, um, but we could do a lot worse. We could do Bobby Hart on Josh's blind side. I don't want that. Um, no, we don't so want I that. have, I have filled out the apology forms in triplicate. Um, some people, <laughs> it must not have reached some people because um, they're still hitting me for it, but that's fine. It is what it is. Um, the offensive line as a whole, I've, I've been on a tirade since the beginning of the season 
we're now in what year five of this iteration of the team of this front office of this coaching staff um we fixed the defense we we brought in i mean all pros in, in multiple positions on the defense um guys that are not even there anymore were were awesome in their roles shout out to lorenzo alexander um just absolute beast yeah. guy. uh yeah. then they brought in a lot of talent on the offense they started bringing in wide receivers and tight ends and running backs and then we were like oh the special teams is not good so we started to bring in punters and kickers and special teams guys and um I know Spence, you're you're a big Tylon Jones guy uh, as a gunner on on special yeah. teams. Same here, fantastic special teams guys. Are you telling me that? And that's that's just the first three years. <laughs> like that's the first three three and a half years. We've had time to fix this offensive line. We've in fact gone through multiple iterations and versions of this offensive line. I mean they they just haven't made good decisions when it came to it. I mean, if your decision-making uh, one year is uh, Brian Winters and your decision-making the next year is Bobby Hart, what are you doing? You're, you're not really doing your $258 million quarterback any favors. You're not doing your running backs that you're you know drafted in the third round um, any favors um, when people are just are, are so down on running backs in, in today's NFL, right? So it's a passing league, um, and so people are just inherently down on running backs. So – you're not doing your offense any favors. You're not doing the injury list any favors. You're not doing players' reputations um, and reps any favors when your offensive line is just not good year after year after year after year. And I think we all thought, hey, Josh got that contract. Like the offensive line has to be good now. Like they have to do something for it. And then just because they changed some of the players doesn't mean that those were necessarily good options. Um, and I would agree with what T said though. I think they're a lot. I think um, and, and, and Spence, what you said, there's good players on this line. They're just not playing in sync for whatever reason. It just, it, for some reason, some link somewhere is broken. They're not on the same page. I, I don't know what it is really overall. This is just, this is literally a week by week year for the NFL. Yeah. Especially the AFC. I mean, literally, uh, of more than fifty percent of the AFC is is trying to get into a playoff spot right now at at at, over, at either five hundred or above. So it's just an absolute crazy competitive, <coughs> awesome year. Um, but this line, it like you have to, and I, but I don't know what the answer is. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. You know what free agents you're going to pick up? I don't know. Um, who you're going to draft, where you're going to draft, when you're going to draft. Um, I don't know if you make a trade for an offensive lineman. I mean, we've traded offensive linemen. Uh, Wyatt Teller and and um, Quentin Spain, I don't think we traded Spain. I think we let him go in free agency. But, but they're both doing amazing in Ohio, um, taking pictures taking pictures together at Jersey Swaps and pissing all of uh, Bill's Mafia off. I mean, you can't be mad at the Teller situation, though, because no. it was just a you know numbers game. Good. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. But I'm I'm just saying yeah. we've we've not we've you being mad, not you, Ryan. No, yeah, no, no, no. I know, but like you know, we've traded offensive linemen away. We've let offensive linemen go, and we really haven't done anything to to replace the talent that we've lost. We've brought in bodies, but bodies doesn't equal talent. 
Well, that's that's kind of what I was going to say. And I'm agreeing with you. So uh, this yeah. isn't me. Um, it, but what I'm what I'm saying is, though, I, I feel like um, in defense of Brandon Bean and uh, Sean McDermott, I feel like they had an offensive line that they thought was going to be good for a long time when we had yeah. Quentin Spain and we had, um, you know, like we, we had a, a line that because Feliciano, before he lost weight, we were all high on him. And uh, Dion, we gave him his extension and Mitch Morris, we made him the highest paid center in the league. So then you draft Cody Ford and you're thinking this guy's a second round pick. He's going to be good. So right. I feel like they thought that they had that line. And then whatever happened behind the scenes with with um with with Spain, it happened. It was a, it, it, it wasn't necessary. Yeah. So I just think it's tough in season. Like when you cut a guy like that, it's tough to bring him like to find the talent during the season. So I'm going to give Brandon being the benefit of the doubt because he hasn't done me wrong uh, in too many other areas. We got a couple of super chats. My man, John, is in the building. He said, Jay Spence, my guy, I wonder if we can get more creative with our run game in terms of blocking angles that best suit our offensive line and running backs. Example, San Fran running schemes are sick. Every back looks legit in San Francisco. I'm going to tell you what, that coach out there is probably the best offensive mind in football, though. So um, out there in San Francisco, he, he, was, he was great everywhere he's been as a coordinator. Like his offensive schemes are just ridiculous. But I agree, we need to get more creative. And this is why I think it comes down to coaching. And not as much mm-hmm. Sean McDermott or not even Brian Dayball, but our offensive line coach. I know we all love him. He has a really good personality. He's cool and he's fun, but I'm going to tell you, it's a problem when coaching can't develop a second round draft pick that was supposed to be like, we, we saw what everybody said about Cody Ford. Cody Ford was supposed to be this, you know, he was supposed to be that. He was supposed to be a brawler and he's supposed to just, that's not who we got. Um, And John has another one. Our offense became too complacent. Too many vertical routes against the blitz. We are getting a lot of success with delayed release routes with Knox. I agree um, to a to an extent. I, I don't I don't think we've gotten complacent with vertical routes. I think we've lacked <laughs> verticalities this year. Like I think um, everything that we got used to, and I'll get your opinions on this. We'll, we'll start with Vince and hit T, and then get Ryan. Um, I feel like what we got used to last year with Josh and Stephon Diggs. That's why fans are saying, "Well, Diggs isn't being targeted as much." He is not far off. I think he's still being targeted, but I think the offense just looks different. It doesn't look as explosive. Uh, Vince, what's your, what are your thoughts on like the, the verticality of the game or, or just like the, the offensive game plan in general? I, I'm of the opinion that we might need to do the exact opposite. I'd like, might like to see some quicker passes and some slants. And I feel like that, I feel like we are running a lot of double moves and longer developing routes with an offensive line that doesn't give Josh very much time. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't have to be right about that, but that's my feeling. No, I mean, it's not, it's not a right or wrong. You know, it's, it's like, I agree with you in the sense of because the line is a block and as well as we would like them to, it's like, no, let's just get the ball out of Josh's hands quick. Uh, but again, I think, Last year, we were getting a bunch of chunk plays that made fans excited every week. And the reason why we were scoring 35 points, 31 points, 28 points every week is because we were taking those shots. And now you have games we're losing to the Jags, like nine to six. I know the the weather had a part to play in it, but then we lost to the Patriots, 14 to 10. There's no to me, there's no excuse to ever, ever score 10 points or less with this offense. Yeah, when ever. you have Same. yeah, Diggs, Sanders. Beasley, Knox, like there's no, you should never have three, six, nine, any of that. You should, you should, this is an explosive offense. There is no way that you should have three points or like you said, lose to the Jags. 
There's no way. I don't know as Brand as Brandon Dable. I don't know who it is, but this this offensive line, this this offense is not clicking the way it did last year. I don't know if it's play calling. I don't know what it is, but it's just not. Josh is not getting enough time, and we know what that is. But also, too, is Josh getting shell shot in the in the pocket where he thinks he has to roll out, where he can't trust his line anymore. And he's not. He's definitely not dunking it down to um, Beasley anymore because Beasley hasn't had those targets like he had last year. Um, Knotts, he's becoming this you know this tight end that we loved and love to see, but. Is Sanders, did Sanders mess this up? And I don't want to say messed it up, right? But bringing Sanders in, did it, did it offset the rhythm that the, that the team had last year? That's my that's question. A good question. No, that's a good question. Um, Ryan, I'll throw that to you. What, what do you think? Do you think adding a talent like Emmanuel Sanders is throwing off the chemistry or throwing off the, the rhythm that the team was so used to having from last year? So I'm glad you tossed this question to me because I talk about it a lot. Um, I, I don't know if it's necessarily a, a rhythm. I, I don't know what it is. What I, what I do know is this front office and this coaching staff has been trying to go after Sanders since they came to Buffalo, mm-hmm. right? We knew every offseason there was a rumor that, that Sanders was going to end up in Buffalo. It finally happened. Um, I'll admit I wasn't big on him. Uh, I, I, the only Bills game I haven't been able to watch this season was the first one, week one against Pittsburgh. So starting with week two, I was like, not really, not really liking what I'm seeing with Sanders. He looks slow. He looks like he's not in sync with Josh. I think it's going to be a problem. Then he improved uh, from there on out, week three on through. I, I think that he is still at what 33, 34. Uh, I think he's still a fantastic uh, receiving talent. I think that he is potentially depending on the team that he goes to a a one or two wide receiver. Um, I think that this is the one time you can look at a talent acquisition by this front office and say, this was purely an area of want versus an area of need Mm -hmm. because we've seen, we've seen, and I know Charlie's going to be in the comments because him and I always argue over this. Mm -hmm. It's good natured fun. Um, but we always argue over this. You see how much better this offense plays. You see how much more productive they are in terms of moving the chains, getting first downs, and scoring when Gabe Davis is out on the field. You see it. You absolutely see it. it, it it's it's. But we, we also saw at the beginning of the season, uh, there were a couple games there where Emmanuel Sanders was our best receiver, yeah, and, and we wouldn't have won the game without him. Absolutely. So, absolutely agreed. Like I said, it's, it's not a talent thing for me. I, I absolutely like it. If you go, if, if we were able to bring Sanders in on that 2017 team, that 2018 team, I'm all for it. Right. Yeah. All for it. Um, it's just, we, they wanted him back then. They, they kept the want. Um, <laughs> they kept the want. Um, but I think that either if you're going to do that, there were probably there, there might've been better options out there. Like a lot of people point to Kendrick Bourne, but a lot of people also didn't think Kendrick Bourne was going to pop off like he has, um, in, in new England, uh, so far this season. Um, yeah, I just, I, I think that when Davis is on the field, it, he brings something else that 
the other wide receivers on this team either don't necessarily bring or don't bring to the level that he has. And that's not even his ceiling, right? Like we just got done talking about guys where they do something. And you're like, oh man, this is the foundation. Where are they going to go from here? So I think Davis is, I, 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 I don't know. It's hard. I'm, I'm kind of stuck where okay. it is. it's hard to explain what it is, but I think it, I think it threw a wrench in everything. Um, I guess it, it gave you an, it gave you another option, but again, it's a, it's a new league year. So there's new talent on teams. Um, and as we've seen the AFC, the, actually the entire NFL is, is probably at the most competitive it's been in, yeah. in, in probably the last decade, I would say. I it's mean, it, it's, yeah. it's, in, it's absolutely insane. So, um, like I said, it's not, a, it's not a thing of talent for me. Um, but if I was the GM of Buffalo, I'm, I'm not giving Sanders another one year, right? I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. We've seen, you know, I'm, I'm going to go to Gabe Davis um, and all the comments are weird where they're like, Oh, you know, from either players or, or coaching staff or whatever, where they're like, Oh, well, you know, Gabe is, you know, kind of clutching these situations. Yeah. It, there was never a question. I, I don't know why we're framing it. Like there was ever a question around that. Like he was really good last year. In fact, he had, less snaps and more touchdowns than Diggs going into the final game of the year. Now I get it. Diggs gets double teamed. Sanders does not, but like there is, there is talent there. There is use there. And for some reason it got knocked down and we could have been better. We could have won some games that we lost had certain players been on the field. And I know I've been talking about Diggs a lot, but there are other guys that could have been on the field more, could have been targeted more that could have changed the outcome of some of these games. I Real think. quick, does everybody have like maybe an extra five, 10 minutes to stick around? We got some comments that I want to get to mm-hmm. that I haven't been able to. Um, sure. So I, I don't want to waste your time. Vince, you good? I got all the time you need, my friend. All right. So the first, uh, we got a couple of super chats, but there's one that I want to get to before because I feel like I've been neglecting her. And, and Dawn is my home girl. I want to, I want to ask this one real quick. Oh yeah. Uh, she was talking about how our drafting is just average. This is, this is stemming. Not, I, I understand before I for context for people listening to this in pod form we were talking about cody ford and and she was talking about how a lot of second round draft picks like don't actually you know make it the way that we want them to so we were talking about that and she's talking about how uh we've missed on certain on certain draft picks and obviously we were talking about uh zach moss earlier we were talking about uh cody Ford. we could talk about there's several now that we can talk about that we just didn't quite hit now we hit on some, we hit on a lot of them, I feel like, uh, but we also didn't hit. How are you uh, going into this off season? How are you feeling about Brandon Bean and um, his scouting department looking at this draft? And we can start, we can start with T on this one and then uh, swing it to Vince. Um, when it comes to draft, listen, I'm still trying to navigate when it comes to draft picks and stuff like that. Um, but for the most part, I think they do a good job. I mean, they hit on Jadavius White. They hit on they hit on um Allen. They hit on um oh my god, Edmonds, your guy. I think they hit on body, um, body snatching. <laughs> I think so, they also hit on um group on group, right? Ruth Greg Gregory yeah. Rousseau. I think they hit on him, hit him as well. Boogie Basham, I don't think they were prepared for him to play because I don't think he's at the body type that they want him at yet. But he's doing he's doing fine. So, yeah, average, you know, I don't know. I think they do well. I think I think they do yeah. well. The Cody Ford situation, though, Cody Ford has been injured. And I don't want to give up on him just yet. 
but I think they're going to, I think they're going to pull it. I think they're going to pull the rug, but I don't want to give up on them, but I think they're going to pull the rug on Cody. Well, I gave up on him. I'm going to tell you why. And I love him. I love Cody. I love Co- I'm a big supporter of Cody, but I gave up on him as my starting right tackle or my starting right guard or left guard. Yeah, I want to um, be a starter. Is, just, yeah, I, like he can be here for depth if he can learn and then develop <laughs> right. more and do it. Cool. That goes back to the conversation I was having earlier about patience with with um, with these positions. I think it's the Bills fault. I'm not blaming Cody. They literally played musical chairs with this man. And he yes. went from right tackle to right guard to left guard to right tackle to left guard. You can't do that. You have to let somebody develop in the role that they're mm-hmm. going to be. And and then you want to blame them and bench them and talk crap about them publicly. Yeah, this is the first time I'm going to come out and dog my man McDiddy because that ain't cool. He came yeah. out and he benched him, which he should be benched because he wasn't playing well. But right. come on, you guys are playing musical chairs. Let's go to Vince. I got a question. We got a super chat for Vince. Uh, he said, yeah, remember the defense adjusted in a, a play. Wait, let me read this again. I'm sounding crazy. Yeah, but remember, defense adjusted and play a deep cover two took the long ball away. So now we're back on offense talking about Josh. Third and four or third and four to eight, Josh is blitzed, and all he sees is wide receivers' backs. Um, Vince, I mean, how do you feel about it? Because obviously everybody wants, and I, I just said it, I want Josh to go back down the field, and you just kind of gave a, a different perspective, and you're like, no, we need these short passes. We need to. That was my frustration against the Patriots. I felt like with the win being what it was, I know Josh wanted to air it out. I know we wanted to see Diggs with the 45-yarder that he missed, but I feel like if we had some drag routes there, some slants, some quick screens and stuff like that, I feel like we could have we could have blown them out, not even just win the game. I feel like we could have blown the Patriots out on Monday Night Football. Where, do you, where are you at with uh, with John's comment here? Oh, 100%. I completely agree. Not even specific to that New England game, but just in general. I, I think it's higher completion passes. I think there's uh, a better chance to get some yards after the catch. I think, you know, and I'm not even mad at the, the New England game where we took the shot and the ball bounced off Diggs' arms. I'm not even mad at that shot. Take a few of those a game. I don't even yeah. care if you're forcing it. Do it just to keep them honest. But let's not always have a double or triple move wide receiver route. Let's have someone just run a, a slant over the middle and see if we can hit somebody mm-hmm. now and then, you know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, 100% agree on that. Okay, I'm with you. Uh, Ryan, I got one for you. I got my homegirl, Steph. She's been in here, too. I love Steph. Let me just tell y'all, Steph is one of those people that I cannot wait to meet in person because she she's, um you know how like you meet people online, kind of like the way we all met, mm-hmm. but you can just feel the family energy. Like you energy, just feel it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Steph sure. is like that. Like, I can't wait to meet her, hug her. We're going to high five. If she drink a beer, I'm going to give her a, a Buffalo Rumblings beer. <laughs> if she don't drink beer, we're going to do something else. But she says she got a hot take. The cohesiveness they had last year is gone because of crowd noise. Emotions and energy Ooh. is different when there are more people around. Now, this is something that they talked about a lot in the offseason. At the beginning of the season, too. I don't, yeah. So the thing is, I, now that we're basically all the way through the season, I don't know how I feel before the season. I'm like, man, scratch that, man. I ain't in no way. Like these dudes been playing in colleges and they've been playing all their life. How do you, how do you feel, Ryan? Like, do you feel like um, the crowd noise and the crowd energy is, um, is, is really playing a factor with, especially like with guys with Josh Allen or um, just anybody on the team. Do you, do you feel like it has a major factor? Do I think it has a major factor? No, I, I think obviously it does. It does influence them a little bit. Uh, Josh talked about this year how he listens to, uh, and admittedly, I listen to a lot of these guys too. But like Frank Sinatra, big shout out to, uh, to hey. people that hey, listen, lo- love yeah. him. Um, and it calms them down before games. Like for me, it's it's New Orleans jazz and blues. It, like if I'm not like during the workday, if I'm getting stressed out, 
that's what's going on. I can focus. I absolutely love it. Right. So I, I totally get where Josh is coming from. Um, obviously you can't do that on the field, but I don't think it's a major influence. I think, I think we're, we're looking at a tale of two seasons here, at least two halves of, of the same season. Um, I think this all started to come apart at the seams with the, the loss in Tennessee. You go into the bye week and we know what that's been, what it's been like since then, which makes it hard to remember what it was like before. Um, we played Kansas city in the AFC championship and Kansas city makes games uh, just look ugly, right? In reality, mm-hmm. Buffalo lost by only like what a score and a half to two scores. Not bad for a team playing, you know, Kansas city who's attempting to run it back. Um, wait, 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 before you keep going though, cause I, I do, I do want to, that's one of those games where statistics and stuff like that. I hate because if you watch the games, both the one from not this season, but last year, the one in the season and the playoff game, they kicked our ass, man. Like it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like they just beat us back a little bit. No, like they really could have blown that thing out if they wanted to, man. Like that yes. game in Orchard Park, they destroyed us. Listen, absolutely agree. That's why I said they 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 are. Um, it's like it's like when we would play um, the Patriots for all those years. It's just they're just ugly games. They they make it look uglier than it, it than the score and the stats kind of tell it. But it's it's an ugly game. And when we played the Chiefs in the season, it wasn't an ugly game. We won. We were airing the ball out down the field. Um, I was way more confident in this team in this offense and this defense this I was like, I think we were all feeling it. Victory Mondays felt good. I don't know about you guys, but like for me, victory Mondays have not felt the same since like that Tennessee loss on through. Um, it's just, it's just a different vibe. I don't know what it is. Um, I think at the end of the day, my, my guess would be is that this team who got, you know, Stefan Diggs heading into last year and had a ball out year, with um with Gabe Davis and had uh Josh at the the at heights we had never seen him before and this this team was firing on all cylinders. I think they're having a tough time mentally. I don't believe that they are forgetting the previous week. I think that like like knowing these guys and, and knowing the type of people that they are, um just by how they talk and how they interact with other people, they're probably taking this stuff to heart. And I totally get it. We're taking it to heart too. That's why as content creators, we have at times been kind of tough on some of these guys. I know I have been, um, but it's because we love the game. We're passionate about it. We're passionate about this team. I mean, I wish I had a cool Santa hat like that, but. <laughs> um, you doing it. You doing it, man. <laughs> so, so, but it's just, I, I think it's a mental thing. Um, I think that they, I think that looking at the, first half of the season, I guess you could say, prior to the Tennessee game, this was a team that you could look at and go, oh, yeah, easily get our way into, into the Super Bowl. Uh, and then the Tennessee game, you lose, where you almost won. And then the bye, where you then let it stew. And then you go in, you play some rocky games, you lose to the Jags, et cetera, et cetera. So these guys, are they, they're going to need an off season to let it off. Um, you know, hopefully, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm, I'm thinking we're going to end up in the playoffs. And I, I think that's a completely different beast. Uh, we, we, you know, that might be where we go on our run. And at the none of this what might matter because we might end up, knock on wood, you know, be Super Bowl champions or at least playing for that game again. Um, and then, you know, control, alt, delete, reboot, start again next season. 
I'm going to tell you what, and, and we got one more super chat that we're going to end this out. So I'm going to um, give everybody a crack at this last one is Don. But before we do, um, I truly believe, and it, whether it's this year or not, I truly believe we have the quarterback that's going to bring a Super Bowl to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think we can all agree that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, because it, it's, it's a different feeling. It's like, um, you know what I can compare it to? I know it didn't happen in Indianapolis, but when I was living in Indianapolis, I lived there for about five and a half, close to six years, and they had Andrew Luck. And the way the city had a buzz mm. about it is the same way it feels when I'm in Buffalo. Um, when I'm in Buffalo and I, I go um, like in Allentown, it feels like it, it's, it's, it's Josh Allen's city. Yeah. It's Josh Allen city. And, and you get off the airplane and you're walking through the airport. And the first thing you see is a picture of Josh Allen. And he's like, welcome home. And I'm like, what up, dog? I missed you, man. And it, but it feels like mm-hmm. it feels special because Josh is, is in Buffalo. So uh, the one thing I will say, and, and this is just to piggyback off of what Ryan just said, the emotion and the way these guys um, fuel themselves week to week. I really think we got that guy with that winner's mentality. Um, if you're a basketball fan, people talk about like the mama mentality that Kobe has. I'm not saying that Josh is as competitive as Kobe because he was crazy. <laughs> Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. Um, but absolutely, there's a certain type of aggression. There's a certain type of that's Josh. That's Josh. So we actually got another super chat. We're going we're gonna to bring Dons in. Uh, she said there's a lot of tape on good Josh. Wasn't there last year. Am I reading this wrong? There's a lot of tape on good Josh wasn't there last year. Josh's weaknesses are known and teams are known to fluster him. He's slow in throwing. I don't know. Um, I, I see from what I see with that is, is that I think Josh is always looking to really make a play. And there's times that he can get rid of the ball. But I think because of his physical attributes, mm-hmm. he feels like, OK, if this guy is coming and he hits me, I can kind of get him off. And, yep. and sometimes he's surprised. Like sometimes these dudes are a little bit stronger than, than he anticipates or sometimes, um, you know, but I, I don't know if the, I don't. The way the way the film is now working against Patrick Mahomes, I don't personally believe it's the same thing for Josh, because I think Josh has so many more physical attributes that Mahomes doesn't have. And I truly believe that when it's all said and done, we're going to be talking about both of those guys as being two great quarterbacks. But I really think that Josh Allen is going to overtake Patrick Mahomes as like the guy in the league mm-hmm. after like Tom Brady retires and after Aaron Rodgers is done. I, I really think Josh is going to be that guy. Um, let, let's talk about that real quick. Like I said, I know we're in overtime, so we're not going to we're not going to go too much longer. But but let's run. <laughs> let's run the clock on this. Let's start with T and go down the ride, end off with Vince. And then we got this one last super chat. As much as I love you y'all money please don't super chat no more i'm trying to go eat it's late <laughs> go ahead T. um as for josh i just think what 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 he likes to do is um josh went a home runner every throw he wants to get it down the field get the ball in the in the playmaker's hands and get that seven or 17 whatever he wants to make a home run every throw he makes and he has to under he he has to understand i don't like when you dink and dunk but if it needs to be this game, Deacon, do it. Bore them to death. Bore the defense to sleep. Josh has to understand it and pull back. He doesn't have that. Uh, and this is why he looks, listens to Frank Sinatra and um, Sammy Davis Jr. Because he has to calm his body down and throw those passes through the middle and just be fine with that. He's going to learn. He's going to learn to pull it back. He's his worst enemy. enemy. So he has to learn to pull what, it though. back. 
this last game against the Panthers, I feel like he did. He showed yes. us that he can pull it back. Yes. I know we threw he had the interception, but I feel like he showed us there were times where I'm used to him trying to force something. Yep. He threw it out. He you yep. know, he wasn't trying yes, to force it. Yes, he things. did. He threw it out several yeah. times. I feel like he's evolving. I feel like yeah. he's he slid on one of the runs. You yeah. know, I always I love it when he like I always I didn't do a Sunday because I just wasn't like in the mood to be on Twitter. But um normally when he slides, it's like Josh is sliding instead of taking unnecessary mm-hmm. hits. And I tweet yeah. this thing that's like, like, oh, I, I, it makes me excited when he makes smart, not yes, just smart plays. plays, but smart decisions. Like he's yes. just, you know, because even if it doesn't result in a, a 15 yard reception or a touchdown, it, it also results in not taking unnecessary hits from my quarterback. I'm sorry to and cut even, you off. But. No, and even though that Tampa Bay, we needed that Josh Allen. We needed that, that fourth quarter Josh Allen. We don't need that Josh Allen all the time. Mm-hmm. He picked his team up and put on his back. We needed that, but we didn't need that last Sunday. He needed to dink and dunk and, 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 and pull back. Yeah. Right. Where you at with it? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much more I can add, add to that conversation than what T said. Cause that's exactly what I was going to say. If, if, if they're like, listen, like I said, when you go back to the, to prior to the Tennessee loss, Totally was like anytime Josh threw it up in the air. I got comfortable enough after the first couple of games where when Josh threw it up in the air, I was like, it's getting caught. This is what it's it's gonna it's gonna be six. Like, like we got so comfortable so quick because he was doing that. We know he can do that. Um, but like T said, it's it's like he's working against his own muscle memory. It's like he can only launch it in like down the field. He um he he needed to learn like it's okay to like like do just do it just do a quick like just mark like if you're gonna march it down the field march it down the field nothing's wrong with that if you gotta take mm-hmm. if you gotta take like seven eight nine um you know throws down the field to get it down there to score like either way you scored who cares exactly how you got down there um mm-hmm. that said though i will say i agree there there's nobody else um in the nfl i don't think there's anybody else remotely close to coming out of college that's built in plays like Josh. And then, and this is like, right. This is Josh that went through the biometrics and like, like there was nobody that was like him coming out of the draft. There's nobody that's like him now, but there are guys who are coming into this league who are built in college to go after these more mobile athletic uh, QBs. Um, and, and so he kind of has to watch for that one, which is, you know, that goes back to the offensive line conversation of, you know, you need to be protecting this guy, but Josh also needs to have, you know, have, have the old brain bucket on because he can't be taking those hits. Um, mm-hmm. Last thing I will say, Spence, you said um, you talked about the the comparison of, of Allen and Mahomes. It's it's gonna be Brady Manning. It's it's yeah. going to be Brady Manning, and and now it's it's kind of Brady Rogers, but like it's going to be at the level, if not more, than Brady Manning. Like this is. This is what, and there's so many guys that are good out there at, at quarterback right now, like Joe Burrow. Uh, I was gonna say, let me challenge you on that, and and then I guess this is how we can end it off with Vince Herbert. to get his opinion on this. I was gonna say, I feel like it's gonna be more Josh and Herbert than than, and I'm not taking away anything from Mahomes. He's already shown yeah. us that he's great. He has a Super Bowl. He's been to two, you know, like so. I, I I'm not by any means. I'm not disrespecting Patrick Mahomes, but what I think, and in this, I could be wrong. I, I think that their offense is not their offense. I feel like the cap is going to catch up to Kansas city. 
Oh, yeah. I feel like we're kind of seeing that already, but I feel like it's really going to catch up and you're not going to be able to have 15 um, all star or all pro players on your roster. You're not going to yeah. be able to do it because you can't afford it. You already gave them a half a billion dollars you yeah. know, to your quarterback. So I just feel like it's going to catch up. And I think what it's going to come down to is going to be Herbert and Allen. I'm going to add a third one in there. I think it's going to be a, a three way composition. I'm going to throw Joe Burrow in there. I think he's legit. Yeah, Joe Burrow. I think he's absolutely, absolutely legit. So I think we're gonna have a three. Like it's going to be like Manning, Brady, Rogers, which I know weren't kind of all the same, but like it's going to be that. Where there's so many guys that are just good, and obviously this latest draft class, we don't know (laughs) what they're going to be. But I like like that comparison. Herbert is Manning, bro. I, I don't know. I think Burrow's. I think Burrow's gonna exceed Ben. I know Ben was good. I'm not saying Whose phone keeps going off. We're on like a live show. That's not mine. I have no idea. Jeez. It's not um, popular. (laughs) I wish it was that popular. But I'm throwing throwing Burrow in there for sure. I I think he's an absolute legit. And and Spence, I told you at the beginning of this year, he was my dark horse MVP candidate if if, uh, Cincinnati can make the playoffs and they're at the top of the AFC North. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, you're right, and and I, I love, I love it though. Like I love it, and I, um, Joe Burrow, and and then we're gonna move to Vince. I'm sorry, Vince. I feel like we we just talked all over your, your moment there. Uh, but J- Joe Burrow, he's the guy that he's playing the way I thought Josh was gonna play. If this is making sense, so like I'm happy with how Josh is playing. I feel like he he surpassed that. But I was feeling like as a Bills fan, if we got what Joe Burrow was given Cincinnati. If we got that out of Josh after the, the two decades of subpar quarterback play, that's what I was looking for. And, and fortunately Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott struck gold or struck platinum and, and, and freaking, you know, we got this guy that is built like nobody in history and that can mm-hmm. throw the ball like Brett Favre, but he's more accurate and he can run like uh, Cam Newton in his prime. And he can uh, like he, he can just he's he's like the perfect combination of whatever you need for football. And I made a comparison a while back to LeBron James and people drunk. They, they dragged me for it, which I get. But at the same time, I wasn't saying that Josh is as great as LeBron is. What I was saying was LeBron is the perfect He's he has the perfect body type, the perfect everything mm-hmm. for the game of basketball. He's the perfect height. He has the perfect speed. He's the he has the the right strength. He can jump high. He has the right IQ. And I feel like that's what Josh is. And I feel like Josh is going to use all those things to develop and to be one of the goats. And and we finally have a guy in Buffalo that yes. I can say is going to be one of the goats. Vince, holla at me on it. And then I got one more super chat, and we out of here. No, you're right. And it doesn't matter who you compare him to. It doesn't matter. I'm just happy that we have our guy because, as you said, for two decades, it was like we were not even playing the same game as everybody else. Mm-hmm. Like everybody else is throwing the ball over the yard and we're like, well, we're going to play great defense and we're going to run the ball. And what did that ever get us? You know, but going back to Josh and the original question, you know, Josh taking the big play on every play. Yeah, that's who he wanted to be in college. That's who he wanted to be in his rookie year. But if you go back to 2019, specifically more towards the second half, where you, you were starting to see Josh growing. And I was that was the first time I was legitimately excited about him. It wasn't that. 
he had other people around him. He had a run game. He didn't have to feel like that and take it all onto myself on every play. He can handle Singletary averaged five and change mm. yards per carry that year. So he had a supporting cast, even if it, it was John Brown and Nicole Beasley is one, one and two. Mm-hmm. That's not the same as what he's got now, but he did. He had enough there where he didn't have to feel like he had to take the big play. And if he could get back to mixing it up, just, you know, maybe I lull him to sleep with the short passes and then I take the big one instead of big one, big one, big one, big one. I don't know if that's the answer. I'm just a dub podcaster. What the hell do I know? But that feels right to me. Nah, you ain't dumb on it. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Vince, because I've actually been seeing a lot of takes today now that that Cole is out with um, COVID and there's a possibility that Emmanuel Sanders still won't be ready. Um, how do you feel about the possibility of, of them working out John Brown again and bringing him back for the, la- the remainder of the season? Because I've seen that take. I don't know how oh, realistic I didn't, I didn't it is to see him. I've seen it quite a bit today um, after the announcement about Cole was made. So, Vince, how, how do you feel about that? I... I don't know. He's not good enough to begin anybody else's roster at this point. I, I I don't know what the expectations would be for him to not be good enough to make the Raiders roster and, and come in here and suddenly be John Brown from 2019 again. I, I don't know if that's realistic, but I'm yeah. not opposed to just, I mean, it's worth a look, right? Like what's the harm in bringing him in for a tryout? Yeah, no, you're right. I would, I would much rather, um, Isaiah Hodgins kind of get a shot now. Like I would much rather yeah. see what we have with Isaiah Hodgins. I think that, uh, and shout out to Joe Miller. That's his guy. He loves yeah, Isaiah is. Hodgins. Um, He's I, been on I, the squad I, I for three years, right? Is this his third year? Three or he two. Was, he was two. Second. Is second, it? he was drafted with uh, Gabe Davis. Right. Okay. okay. So second. Okay. Yeah. So I think, I think he's, you know, I think he can, um, I'm not saying I think he's Gabe Davis. I, I don't think I, obviously he's not Stefan Diggs, um, but I think he can give us the same similar type of production and hunger that we got from somebody like Duke Williams. <laughs> like everybody loved Duke. Um, I oh, think dude. the reason why we love Duke was because of his energy. He was hungry. He was a dog. I feel like Isaiah Hodgins, that might not be his personality, but I feel like he's hungry to prove himself. So given that shot on the field, I think he can do it think he could do it one last super chat for tonight i love all of y'all let me just tell y'all tonight has been fun i, I have had a wonderful day um it's been some bad news with with cole and, and all the other stuff we had going on but i love y'all like i really absolutely love y'all my man john said my last point fellas and lady because uh we got my sister in here but love all your insight tonight jay spence you're my guy you're my guy john our biggest misstep this year offensively was playing personnel in the right positions Gabe, Devin, Devin, Isaiah. I cannot tell you how much I agree with this take. The, the, the thing that, and, and everybody in this chat knows, I've been pounding the table all year that Isaiah McKenzie should not be the return man for punt and kick returns, but he should be in the offense as another slot receiver behind Isaiah or, I mean, behind uh, Cole or use him in the backfield or use him, just use him in ways that puts him in the open field so that way he can just make teams scary. This this past Sunday, he didn't have a lot of touches. He didn't, mm-hmm. you know, on offense, he didn't do a lot. He didn't score like five touchdowns. Or but what he did was when he was on the field, he made that safety figure out where he was. Yep. He made he that linebacker follow him. So when you have a guy that's that dangerous, you have to do it. Gabriel Davis, you play Gabriel Davis. Mm-hmm. You play Even if you don't play him to the point where he's the focal point of your offense, you play him and you give him at least five to seven targets a game. You do that. Because why do you do that? Because Stefan Diggs is being doubled. He's being blanketed. They got brackets on him now. So he can't get open the way he was getting open last year when we had John Brown. He's not getting open the same way. Now he's open. He's Diggs. 
but he's not getting open like that. So when I tell mm -hmm. you I love this take, John, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for joining me on the Code of Conduct tonight. I'm going to let my guests go ahead and tell you where they're uh, located, where you can find their work, anything they got going on. We're going to start with Vince, and we're going to hit Ryan, then go up the T. So go ahead and do that thing, Vince. Let everybody know where your content is. Shout out to Built in Buffalo to the squad. Do it. Well, Jay Spence, thank you so much for having me on. It was a pleasure. You've always been good to me. Again, I really, I'm very thankful. And you can find me at Podcast Vince on Twitter. That's my only social media. And my show, Buffalo on the Brain, comes out Mondays on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. I am the laziest man in content <laughs> creation because I have all of my guests do the heavy lifting. And I just sit oh back and let God. you guys do the work, but it's, it makes the show better. It's I a beautiful show. show. Man. Stop like, it. A, yeah, it's a great. It's a great concept, which is why I'm actually upset that you're that you're retired. But not upset. I, I'm just disappointed. I'm proud of you, man. Do what you do. Keep keep doing great things. And I'm sure we'll we'll get you we'll get you back at some point. You're gonna miss us. You know you can't you can't just like let it go. So Ryan, where where are we at, man? What you got going on, dude? Really quick, I said when I did my first show with Vince last week, I said, uh, dude, I loved doing this with you. Ooh. You have to let me bring you out of retirement. Uh, every now and then for shows. And he said, all right. So there's, 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 a, there's a chance. There's a chance we could. But um, okay. Okay. if you guys want to follow me, um, you can, of course, I, I don't know if they can see the uh, yep, it's the right ads there. down there, at Ryan C Show underscore B-I-B. Um, but I also, there's also the affiliate brand of Built in Buffalo, which is uh, my brand, which is L at LDG on Spotify, on Twitter. You can find everything from NFL to NHL and even non-sports content on there. There's shows posted multiple times throughout the week weekly um spence has been on a couple shows that have, that have been on there as well uh and I, I gotta get uh, everybody else on there but if you want to go and support those brands as well as built in buffalo of course uh we would all appreciate that yeah yeah Good, well like very well said very well said and vince <laughs> I try we're gonna get you bro like i'm telling you ryan ain't the only one we're gonna get you we definitely that was, get after you. One show. that was after only doing one show with them so Hey, I, I mean, I, I feel like I'm still around. I'm still around. I'm not dying. I mean, I'm, I'm still going to exist. <laughs> oh, you're going to be around because the, there's going to be football and you're like, oh, I got to say this. I got to talk about this. It. Oh, you're going to miss, miss it. Oh, yeah, for <laughs> sure. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> See, go ahead and let them know what it is. Let them know. So I am on the Building Buffalo Network with some amazing guys you see right here. Um, I have my show. I go live at two o'clock on Thursdays with my guy, Big Mike. Um, and also it drops on Sunday. So yeah, go check us out. We're, we don't take ourselves too serious. We just talk a lot of crap about the bills, but all in fun, all in fun. So yeah, check me out. You can find me on Twitter at T and shout out to, and shout out to Mike. Um, where, where's this barbershop again? It's, it's on Harlem, right? Yeah, it's on Harlem. Um, 2511 Harlem road. It's called one forty three shot one four three. Yeah, yeah, go go get your face. Go get your face. Yeah. Go go Sponsor. go get lined up. Go see my man Mike. He's get good. He's good. He's and crispy uh, with it. Yes, great atmosphere in the barbershop. So go yeah. check it out. And, and then ladies, where I, was, I mean, go ahead and yeah, absolutely. Get your they got done they got it. Too. They got all everything for you. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Our studio is in um, is in there too. So that's where we record at. I peeped. I like that. Like I actually yeah. like the. I, I love that. Uh, yeah. But we can talk more about that later. I, I love that. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, y'all know how I do it over here. It's your boy, Jay Spence, the King. And I'm representing that Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Shout out to everybody that joined me tonight. Shout out to the whole network that they're representing. Uh, Dan, Dave, who is it? Dave, uh, 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 A. Rich. Hey, 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 Rich. And, and there's, there's a there's a 
justice and, and there's like Charlie's with you guys. There's yeah, like, yeah, like Charlie hits name. I'm gonna forget somebody, so I'm not gonna do the name. Yeah, because when I don't do, do it, I always mess up. So they're gonna so be tweeting you. I know, like, really? So I ain't good. No, don't do it. I love y'all. I love all y'all. Uh, like B&B. I, I know how I do B-I-B. it over here. TSL, show your shirt real quick. I need y'all to love each other, take care of each other, and live in peace. And as always, stay positive and test negative. Go Bills. Go, Go Bills. Bills. Yeah. Go Bills. <laughs>